0: This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series on operationalizing your compliance program, sponsored by BroadCat LLC. Over this series, I visit with Jennifer May, Director of Compliance Advisory, Taylor Edwards, Director of Sales, Xenia Perky, Design Manager, Alex Klingelberger, Chief Executive Officer, and JC Dempsey, Director of Customer Success we consider a variety of ways to more fully operationalize your compliance regime, including the design and effectiveness of your communications, why the operationalization of compliance is a team sport, why simply data is not the answer, and how to avoid being overwhelmed. First, a quick word about our sponsor, a BroadCat. BroadCat designs operationalized Compliance Communications and Training. Imagine guidance for your managers on when an employee comes to them with a concern condensed into a customizable one-pager or a checklist for approvers so they can know what red flags to look for in expense reports and invoices. BroadCat has been called a behavioral compliance best practice by the Temple Law Review. So check out BroadCat at thebroadcat.com. In this part two, Jennifer May is joined by Senia Perky, who talked to us about the BroadCat design process and the secret sauce and where the magic is made. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode, and I'm thrilled today to be joined by Jennifer May and Senia Perky, both with BroadCat. And we're going to talk about what I think I have to say is Broadcast strength, which is design. <laughs> and it's been your strength from the minute the company was formed literally up to today. So I wanted to really have you guys explain your process and how you not only create the great designs that BroadCat is known for, but equally importantly, how do you work with your clients on an interactive basis to get get them to understand that, and then allow them to work with you. And most importantly, have the engagement with their, those and their employees so with that incredibly long winded introduction. Could you tell us how what's maybe start with the internal broadcast process and how do you guys all work together?
1: Yeah, thanks, Tom. Senia and I have worked together now for a little over a year, and it's just been such a great experience for me coming from the compliance side of the house and then joining BroadCat and really understanding and having a better appreciation for what design can do to really help a message get delivered. I think design can be dismissed too easily when i and when i use that term i'm not just talking about making something pretty or interactive or entertaining those are the those are sometimes the outcomes but i think a lot of people stop with just thinking design is about prettying something up or branding it up and what we do at broadcat and what we're able to achieve with our clients is to really Think through a well-designed program that includes not only the messages that we're sending and the information that we're providing, but the way that we're doing it with a visual uh, component to it. So that aesthetic, that's something that draws you in. You see something that looks nice and you want to explore it a little bit more. The content then grabs and holds your attention. But I think the magic really happens is when you're able to translate that into something that can influence the behavior of the individual consuming that piece. That for a compliance officer allows them to start looking at this information in a way that truly speaks to effectiveness and they can start to track and monitor whether or not the behaviors and the outcomes that they're looking for are really happening with it.
0: The, there's a couple of phrases I want to utilize here. One is you use Jennifer, which is where the magic happens. And my daughter's a graphic designer and she uses that. I am a lawyer by professional training. And so engagement and user experience were never part of the equation ever. But what I really come to understand is that as important as everything we talk about compliance is, I think it may just come down to the user experience and just UX. And so I really wanted to maybe ask you, first explain what you mean by user experience or if we use shorthand UX, but also that is not simply, as you said, looking great, feeling great, but it's clarity of message and relevance to the employees. So could you maybe unpack some of those concepts?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think those are the keys relative relevance and clarity. If it's not relevant, if it's, it doesn't matter how perfect the design is or even how perfect the message is. If it's being shared with someone that's the wrong person, Going to fall flat. You're just wasting time blanketing the entire workplace with some piece of information that doesn't apply to most of them. I've been guilty of that in my career. I'll be honest with that. Sometimes providing some sort of training on maybe administering a medical treatment that ultimately had to go to the finance team too. And I'm not sure why, looking back, other than maybe somebody, some regulator told us we had to. But those messages fell flat because the relevance wasn't there. It wasn't purposefully related to their job and then the clarity, you're absolutely right. Once we have their attention, maybe it is the right audience. Hopefully it is the right audience. If you're not clear about what it is you want them to do, what the behavior is that you're trying to, you're going to lose their attention there as well. And again, wasted time, wasted effort, and potentially even starting to lose some credibility. And so I'm going to ask Senia to continue explaining from her perspective too, but this is where I feel like BroadCat and our philosophy is that good design, top to bottom, can really help to mitigate those issues and get to ensuring that you're bringing that relevance and clarity each time.
2: Definitely. Like Jennifer was mentioning, a lot of times we take design and we use it from our side, from my point of view, we use it to the like a lot of the content has to be on point for sure but the audience that will receive it we have to think about them and who we're trying to target here we have to be specific a lot of times on our on what we're trying to project to them and so we come in as designers and try to add to that but we for one start with content content is king, pretty much we try to emphasize on that as a designer I come in and I try to interpret what Jennifer did or whoever wrote the content did and I try to interpret as much as I can and ask the questions because a lot of times after Jennifer has written the content I come up with other questions about okay who is this what am I trying to say how do I want them to read this step by step if we're depending on what we're creating of course whether that's a flowchart, a checklist Whatever it is, we have to think about not only the audience, but also how we're projecting to them, and we leverage design in that in various ways. But putting a perspective from every person that can will be impacted by the by our product is really important, for sure.
0: So the Department of Justice has given us some guidance here, and they talk about effective training and targeted training. But what I'm hearing from you guys is really a whole subset of levels leading to effectiveness. I've used the word engagement. You talked about clarity. So you guys are really able to break down the process of what the government has said to us in a way that is more detailed. And I really like what you said, Jennifer, the credibility, because I interviewed a former army officer. We did training and she said credibility and training for her was the key because if the training wasn't effective, she and the training lost credibility. And yes. so that hurt her in the long run. And I really had not thought about that from the compliance perspective, but your credibility is probably the biggest thing you have as a compliance professional, because all you have is the ability to persuade. I was wondering if maybe you could take us through the broad cat, creative process so that we might understand how you're able to take a comment from a Jennifer who has a different professional background than someone like me so that if a lawyer steps in and gives thoughts and Xenia you're a completely different professional background so how does how do you guys make the magic work if you can let us see the secret sauce
2: yeah Xenia you want to take that sure for one we start with content like I was saying content is key and whenever content's written we try to jennifer will talk about a little bit that, but we try to make sure it's as simple as we can we simplify a lot of times our content to make sure we're speaking to the audience the way they will interpret things and so after that i get the content from the person the me who wrote the content and so i take a quick dive into what it's saying how it's been explained and everything and a lot of times this means that we've come up with a format, whether that's a, a decision tree, an infographic, a job, it, it's the way that we want to project that job aid to our audience. And so other times we might not have it defined yet, but throughout the process, we'll come, we'll narrow it down. And yes, a lot of times we have to go back to the drum board and decide, okay, this didn't work as a decision tree. We probably have to revise it and think about a different format, maybe is a a contrast example that we have to show here or things like that. And after that, I take it into production. I start playing with the layout, how we wanted to lay out each section, or maybe it's laying out the questions to make sure the audience is looking from the top to bottom, not skipping through the process. And and we go through a lot of editing throughout, of course. We're looking at it, we keep editing out things, removing things that we thought were important and maybe they're no longer that important. And of course we use illustration a lot of times. We make it very visual so that the help things of the illustrations with the content together, they pair so well. So we wanna make sure their audience is engaging with the content and they know exactly what we're we're explaining. And of course incorporate as much as we can colors, But being mindful of how our audience will perceive the colors, because a lot of times they print black and white, or maybe this is just going to be a digital version. And so that becomes a little bit irrelevant, depending on the way that they will be delivered to our audience. Lastly, one of my favorite parts of the process is when we get to share it with another person in our team or another team inside BroadCat and just get their perspective, get their thoughts on it, because they're brand new to seeing this product that we've created that Jennifer and I have been working on. And so they get us that honest and honest feedback that we need in order to create something that is impactful. And from there, Jennifer and I take it to the final step, which is revise and edit it as much as possible. And of course, at the end of the day, we try to test it, like I said, with a lot of people in our, within our organization to make sure it's still being as impactful as we want it to
0: be. That sounds suspiciously like the process of design thinking you just described. (laughs) And I don't know if that's by design within the company, but that's exactly the process. And that the last step you just said, Sina, where you show it to others for feedback. That is a part I think a lot of compliance professionals miss when they will look for training, they'll look for communications and they'll describe what they want and then they'll get that, but they won't take that next step, which is to get the feedback, and which is what I find the power of design thinking and leading to that positive user experience. I wanted to ask you, I tried to articulate this, but having a designer as a part of these conversations, and I think it's important because... When I say something from my legal perspective, that's how it's going to come out. And if Senia can't understand it, probably the user can't understand it. And if she translates it in a way that is completely different than I may have thought, it can that message can even be made more powerful. And is that sort of the internal experience of BroadCat?
1: Oh, yeah. That, that I think is the secret sauce, is that back and forth and the community of diverse voices that we have, because we all have such unique experiences in our professional backgrounds, coupled that with just this real intent focus on trying to help organizations make these communications as simple, easy, straightforward and at the end of the day, effective as possible because it's really what they need to do. And what, what we're trying to achieve is compliance practitioners across the board is to get that right message to the right people at the right time. And that's when you can really start to see that. And coming into this broadcast universe, both first as a client and now as a member of the team has been just eye-opening to me in my compliance career, and my professionalism, on just what you were saying, we're going to lose if we can't make that, that make that point that we're trying to get across clear to the audience and make it relevant to the audience, that we're not going to end up getting the behaviors that we're looking for. We're not going to end up getting the outcomes that we're achieving from a business perspective or a personal perspective. And so blending those, that design method, thinking in that way, being collaborative with each other, being open with each other, and then doing that same thing on the backside with our clients too. As soon as our clients see these pieces, we want their feedback as well. And that helps us to continually improve it and make sure that it's meeting the needs of their organizations too. That's the secret sauce. That's the thing that makes BroadCat successful and a really awesome place to work with and work for.
0: And I'm just going to add one of the most unique products and services in the compliance space. So ladies, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time this week, or excuse me, for this episode, but I hope our listeners will join us for our next episode, where I'm thrilled to have Alex Klingelberger, who will talk about effectiveness reducts. But before (laughs) we leave, if our listeners wanted any more information on any of the topics we touched on, what would be the best place for them?
1: I think heading to our website is the best place to start getting that information. And that is thebroadcat.com, all spelled out, the broadcat. And so that's where you'll find lots of great information, resources, blog posts, and a little bit about all of us on the team and the perspectives that we bring to compliance. Check that out and let us know what you think.
0: Jennifer Senior, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me. And I hope we can continue this conversation.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Tom. Thank
0: you. This is Tom Fox again. Hope you enjoyed this episode in our special five-part podcast series with the broadcast on operationalizing compliance. The Broadcat is one of the most innovative compliance product and service providers that I know of in the compliance space. They have been way ahead of the game in visualization and other strategy and tactics that are not normally used to help uh, influence behavior and compliance. So I hope you will check them out. Once again, their website is thebroadcat.com. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to visiting with you again.